Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you going to play that dastardly intro again? Intro, 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 intro. Ow! This movie's still fine. Zakoli Pastor. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hottie, his name is Jack. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point. Hello, and welcome to episode 57 of the worst idea of all time, Uncharted Waters. My <laughs> name is Guy Montgomery, I'm... and I'm joined online and in the recording by your friend and mine, Tim Bat. Hey, Guy. Hey, buddy. What a what a lonesome viewing. I genuine, you're holding up some peanut M&Ms. Yeah, I reckon they make them different over here. Yeah, they look bigger, I reckon, in America. Everything looks bigger. Hold that up it's to just, the camera so I can see that. Yeah, oh, that's just because I'm it's holding a big it really old... close to the camera. It's not actually as big as my head. No, it looks bigger than your head. They make, they make peanut, peanut M&Ms big as your head. They are in the States. <laughs> Why? Why is a Cockney boy selling me American M&Ms? Because you don't drop a H in an American accent, and you've always got to go with the most fun the most fun way of saying something. For example, the Kiwi vernacular does does not also pronounce the letter H as H. I got that from Australia, but I just think it's fun. You just go grab the bits that are fun, you know? That was actually... Uh, I just I just realised it then. Something that really put me off people when I was a boy. What a fucking shit. Was uh, H. I couldn't handle H's. You didn't like H, huh? It was H or nothing. I just I could be friends with them, obviously, but I I, uh, I just lost some respect. Do you think you respect people now who say H? Chuck a H yeah. out there. Users' choice. Do what you want. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But but they are like I do believe them to be slightly worse than people who just say H. Guy, because like it's kick more off. it's more work to say I'd like H. To, I'd like to kick so, off <laughs> on the take it easy. 57th episode of the worst idea of all time. We've just watched uh, the movie separately by our lonesomes. Boy, it was lonely. Uh, why don't we start with some word association to just gauge gauge the feeling in the room. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, cool, man. Okay, cool. So uh, how this exercise is going to work is you. I'm going to say something and then you're instantly <laughs> going to say the first thing that pops into your head, okay? There's no wrong yeah, answers yeah. with this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This is just I, to get a little sense of where your head's at. I know how word association works. Okay, Tanya. 
Romero. Gold. <laughs> are you are good? Weed. Very good. <laughs> uh Page. Harrell. House. Ghost. Did you say ha- ghost? Yeah. House ghost. Okay, very House good. House ghost. Coast uh, to coast. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's keep going. Happy? No. Steak? Uh, no. <laughs> I feel like you've got a very <laughs> slow reaction time. One that would suggest you're trying to cook up something, but then nothing tremendously great comes. <laughs> I mean, be quick or be good, guy, but at the moment you're being neither. I'm overthinking it. You are. I, I, I am, yeah. I'm trying to think this of a good word, and then no word comes, so I just say the first word. But <laughs> I can tell, but the, but we're getting a lag. This is what cost Hillary Clinton the election, according to John Stewart. Guy, don't fall into the trap of the six-second second buffer. What? This is. I'm not running for anything. I can do whatever I want. That <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't matter how I do on the word association test. Octopus. Hmm. <laughs> That's not. No, see, this is how it works at all. What time is it over there? Stupid o'clock. Uh, no, nah, yeah, it's actually it is stupid o'clock, man. It's seven fifteen p.m. But I am absolutely wiped out. I had uh, um. I had fun. You know how it is. Did you have a good a good full day today in the Big Apple? Uh, I did have a full day today in the in the Big Apple. Uh, come, man, you cover so much ground here. I've been walking on average uh, thirteen k's a day. That's quite a lot. <laughs> it is so much walking. Fuck that's uh, a lot. And so yeah, and then so I was planning on um just. Tucking into bed uh, and, you know, watching something I like and going nine-nights. And then you were like, hey, oh, man, no. can, you, can you do a watch? <laughs> and I could. And I could see no other opportunity for us. And it was like, it was, you know, real heartbreak. It was... Um, Devastating, it was, I think, might be I had to wait 45 for. minutes to, to, for, to wait for the watch. And so it was like just filled with dread. Mm. Uh, I went and bought a salad from the supermarket. Was great. I think they put sugar in it or something. <laughs> that sounds uh, quintessentially American. Chuck some sugar in there. Yeah. Chuck a bit of you mayo in there. A, Chuck you, some dressing in there. You know you're in New York when um, there's sugar in the salad. That's what they That's say. An old, an old New York saying. Hey, I'll tell you. Okay, I will. I'll bring the energy out. I just want to tell you this. Uh, I will get to talking about where are your friends, which I know what we both want to do. But I, I had a really good interaction with a guy yesterday. I was sitting uh, outside having some uh, in a Mexican cafe, having some lovely huevos rancheros, or waiting for them actually. And before my food came out, they brought out like uh, corn chips and salsa, really delicious salsa. And I was sitting there, I was reading my Kindle, I was having a bit of chip and salsa, and a man, like a pretty respectable looking guy, was walking past. Like you know, did it, he he looked like he uh, had been somewhere and was going somewhere. Uh, was like stock was like hey hey uh, you're not gonna believe this but uh this is not his voice but you know uh i'm actually i gotta i, I go around new york t- uh, testing all the corn chips <laughs> i said what and he said i gotta i test all the corn chips i said am i to believe that you're some sort of 
you know, your New York City's quality control for corn chips? And the man said, that is exactly what you are to believe. I said, well, you better have a corn chip then. And he reached what across the, the table and <laughs> took a corn chip and dipped it in the salsa and ate it. And after he ate it, he said, you know, I'm not actually a corn chip inspector, don't you? And I said, yes. And he said, very good, man. You seemed like a nice guy. And that was it. He just walked away. I love that. See, no one in yeah. New Zealand's got the gumption to pull off that kind of shit. <laughs> I expect these kind of characters to populate the rest of your life stateside. This is you from now on. You live in a, in a comic strip. <clears throat> I mean, it was truly incredible. It reminded me so much of uh, Snake in The Simpsons when he says Wallet Inspector. Yeah. That wasn't the corn chip inspector at all. Uh, Look, anyway. I'll, I'll tell you, <clears throat> no, no, in the interest of context, what we're bringing into the to the watch, to the episode, I'll tell you what I've been up to the last uh, last 12 hours or 24 hours. I went up uh, to the north, to the north of the North Island. Oh, it's and, beautiful. And uh, I was... I was at your friend of mine, Ranira's thirtieth birthday party, and did uh, you uh, send? Did you send him and his wonderful wife Emma my love and wish him a happy birthday as I requested? Uh yes. If I was to message M or or and say, uh, "Hey guys, did Tim relay my message of love and uh, merriment, birthday merriment?" Yeah, well, I, I mean, of course... They would say, of course, yeah. Naturally, you can't message them right now. And naturally, you know, you, you want to take the time to send me the file as soon as we're done uh, talking here. Uh, but absolutely, yeah. that That's uh, not related to what we're talking about now, but I just want to, you know, reiterate what the process is as well. Okay, maybe I'll do that. I'm going to message... Um, I'm going to send a message right now. No, no, no. So once again, as I just said, so obviously we don't do any of that kind of stuff while we're talking... And then I would, uh, you know, sort of just like to reiterate how important it is that I get the file as soon as humanly possible. So I just send send that recording over over to me before okay. you do anything else. Okay, it seems odd that I need to do that, but um, yeah, it's that- a good birthday though. I got our man a, uh, a, a, a Zoe and I picked him out a Quentin Tarantino coffee table book. He's a film buff, regular film buff, and there was a uh, a gorgeous dog there. You would have loved it, guy. You're a real dog person, aren't you? I like dogs. There are a lot of dogs here. I went to the Halloween dog parade, and it was a very condensed area with a lot of people, and all of them had their dogs, and their dogs were dressed as different things. One of them was a peacock, and uh, some of them were pumpkins, and none of the dogs uh, were very happy about it, I don't think. The dog like, that was a peacock clearly knew that it was dressed as a peacock and was like, <laughs> I think the level of intellect the dog possessed was, I am not a peacock, so why are you dressing me as such? He wasn't it was taking it to heart and strutting around as a peacock, but obviously a dog. It's yeah, Dressing it up confusing. your dog is like, it's like taking your kids to a protest. You know, they don't know what's going on. Just don't do it. <laughs> Wait, wait till the dog can make up its own mind about what it wants to be, what it wants to dress up as for Halloween. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, 10 minutes flat and we still haven't talked about the movie. That's, a, that's good. That's good stuff. Because um, I genuinely, I was looking at it and it was looking at me and a few thoughts went through my head. The first one, when, we, when, when I was sort of halfway through the movie actually, was, um, boy, howdy, I don't know what's left to say about this. Um, after 50 watches or something, I mean, it's just done. Here's another thing. 
I uh, was watching Designated Survivor, which is uh, a Kiefer Sutherland show that I like to watch on Netflix. Even though it's not, it's not fantastic. But it's very, very watchable. Uh, for you love that show. It's, uh, it's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, yeah. it's about but, a, uh, a regular ne- man who becomes the president of the United States of America. He's not a regular man. He's uh, uh, he's in cabinet, I think. Anyway, I'll tell you who popped up. Tanya Romero is a heroic uh, medical woman. Some sort of highfalutin doctor. And I was like, That's oh, fun. Tanya, you've made it. <laughs> you've scraped yourself <laughs> it was together. Real cool. quite, you've done quite well, Tanya. Yeah, like, it was awesome. She, she was really she on her, you know, she's on her haunches in this movie, and then obviously that box of money that Zakoli gives her really helped turn things around. Yeah, she's changed her name though. Uh, I think that's what you do when you sort of come back from a, you know, a, a troubling time like that. Um, she's called Tammy, and I remember that because the whole episode's about a flu outbreak, and uh, I remember there was a when the bird flu was kicking off, the cure was called Tamiflu. So that's how I formed that little mnemonic in my head. Here's another thing, oh, guy. Did you realize? Yep. Well, if I was changing my name from Tanya, I would not pick another T name. Uh, I think she's made a bad decision to call herself Tammy. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a nod. Maybe she's like, "Where's Wally?" Where she is hiding, but she sort of wants smart people to find her. Do you think that's where's that, Wally's deal? Is that what Wally wants? <laughs> he wants <laughs> what, to be found yeah. occasionally. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, he's never like inside a fully like closed off box or fully hidden behind a tree he leaves enough there just for the smart people to find him it's like a litmus test for for geniuses he's created uh quite a lot of hullabaloo for a man who i frankly don't know what he's done that's so great but uh you know he's a paranoid guy what is he hiding from that's the real question isn't it he gets people like he encourages people to dress up as him it's pretty freaky stuff. Do you stuff. think it would be a fun adaptation for the franchise? Do you reckon anyone's made a, a comic strip or a, maybe a graphic novel or something and it turns out Wally or Waldo, as he is uh, locally known yeah. in America, which I think, is he from America? Was, is he American? Waldo is. <coughs> uh, but are you going to say that a, like Excuse a gritty me. graphic no- novel where uh, Waldo is the bad guy and Odd no. is actually... Like Oddlaw is a time cop who's trying to catch Wally, who's a serial killer. Because Oddlaw's nah, always I, the, the, the bad guy in the books, but I like to think he could be good. I see Waldo slash Wally as more the protagonist, whereby he is a uh, like uh, what's that? What is that series called? Harrison Ford, I think it was Harrison Ford, and he, he was uh, he was on the run. He's a vigilante and uh, a one armed man who killed his uh, his wife. You see, the one armed man, the fugitive. It. That's not a yeah, TV the fugitive. Show. Or is it's it like the fugitive? Yeah, that's how it started. I li- oh yeah, I like actually the mo- movie. I like that Harrison. movie. Was it good? No, but it's better than what we just watched. It's just good, dumb fun. Hey, oh, so where I was going with that? Oh, I wasn't going anywhere with that. But my next fact was because uh, I was googling around when I saw Tanya Romero pop up. Did you realize that we are your friends only had a budget of two mil? That's pretty impressive. That is really impressive. Yeah. Crazy, huh? Like normally, Zac Efron alone would get more money for a film, you know, just just by himself. That is uh, kind of depressing because that means that they must have really believed in it. I guess so, um, or not because they didn't they didn't pump a lot into it. 
No, but everyone involved is doing it for love. I mean, they're getting paid as well, but you know, that's it. Uh, people, people are taking pay cuts. You know, they they want to get this thing over the line because they believe that they're under something. Mm. That is depressing. But it, it yeah. made money. It made uh, eleven million dollars at the box office. So everyone kept the lights on, got the bills paid. <laughs> that's good. I'll be interested to see Maximum Joseph's next film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I reckon he would have learned a lot of lessons here. And I don't think it's necessarily... I don't enjoy the film, obviously, because I've seen it 57 times before, but I don't think uh, he's necessarily ba- uh, bad. You know... You don't think I'll he's a bad? Ne- I'll, I'll watch his next movie. Do you think that Maximum Joseph would be the trusting pair of hands needed for a film adaptation of the gritty reboot of the Waldo series, wherein Waldo is a man on the run hiding from the feds? And the feds are Oddlaw, a time cop who's out to catch Waldo. Well, Oddlaw. The name's right there. It was the feds the whole time. If you change the context of... uh, If you change the context of Waldo to that, those are much more fun books. Yeah. A slightly different age target, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because then man. you've sort of got to, you got to explain the nature of the deep state to a kid, and that's always a bit of a taxing afternoon just to get them set up for a picture book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. Hey, you don't want um, that. Tim, I will instill some positivity and some um, cultural relevance to this episode of the podcast by telling you my shining light this week was... When uh, Zaccoli's like, uh, that painting just moved. And then James Reed says, uh, no, it's just the PCP talking. When James Reed says that, I'm like, fucking hell, my guy. That is the most casual way to tell someone you have drugged them with, like, quite literally one of the most fucked up drugs you can give someone. Yeah. You are a seriously loose cannon. Like, that really rocked me this week. I was like, Fuck. You do not care at all. He's a nihilist. He's totally self-obsessed. He doesn't care about anything. Mm. Do Do you kind of uh, desire that sort of? Um, it's not really confidence because it's it's like not caring about other people. There uh, is something attractive about that as a character type of just being like, I don't care what shit I fuck up as long as I'm having a good time. What? Yeah, but they don't even make it interesting. Like, he's not... His self-destructive streak isn't so powerful that um, I care. It's Like, what's at stake for him? He doesn't care about his relationship. He doesn't really care about his reputation as a DJ. Hit he's rock bottom, with- James Reed. That's this the beauty of him. The most dangerous man in the world. Man with nothing to lose. Oh, yeah. The thing I keep thinking, that was your shining light? Yeah, his attitude towards spiking Zaccoli with PCP was my my shining light. I'm going to go pretty existential, if I may, on the shining light this week. Um, Because what I keep thinking about is like at this point, at this absurd point of this being the 57th watch of this film and just... Watching it by myself, alone in my bedroom on a on a projector, it's quite engulfing, all encompassing, and it just uh, it struck me that it, you know, 
there's a wave, there's a crest, there's a, a graph, however you want to kind of visualize it, but it's like you, you hit the movie at the start, the first time you see it, and you're like, okay, we're dealing with a movie. And then around the 20s, you're like, okay, we're dealing with a very annoying thing, deeply frustrating thing I have to keep interacting with. And then there's sort of little mini waves of despair and there's anger and then there's some sort of resolution. And now it's kind of approaching... <clears throat> somewhat a state of nirvana a, a sort of meditative state when it's on whereby the only thing that the movie is doing now is serving as a reflection of what is going on internally emotionally for me so i just felt i was watching it this week and i just felt reasonably calm and uh just sort of surrendered myself over <laughs> to megan oppenheimer and joseph jo- uh, maximum uh, joseph um, on one hand, Tim, I uh, completely understand what you're saying, and on the other hand, uh, you sound like a fucking lunatic, bro. <laughs> um, yes, though. What bit of that sounded sounded uh, like the ramblings? Then, I mean, of a lunatic, I too. I understand I understand the feeling of watching the movie and sort of uh, the notion of just letting it wash over you, and uh, if you're feeling at peace, it could be it could be medi- I just I've thought of the movie as meditative before, but it's not. That's like Stockholm Syndrome talking. It's not meditative. That's not uh, good. Oh, it's not good. And I think you're right. Maybe maybe it is a kind of a Stockholm Syndrome kicking in at this point. But, it, I mean, as you said, this is uncharted territory. These, these waters have not been uh, sailed before. There's no map mur- They're murky. And it's just the, med- the extreme mediocrity of this film is kind of really slamming that whole phenomenon home. This isn't a Sex in the City too. You can't hold on to your anger with this one, you know? No, it's weird. Not knowing it's made for too many dollars. It, that, it always comes back to that for me. It's um, that is to be respected. You know, it's in some ways. To be- I'm going to blow my nose, so I'm just going to mute for a second. So you, yeah, right on. It's harder to be um, rude and dismissive towards a movie that people obviously cared about. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, you know, and right now I'm so tired. I had no fight in me. I couldn't do anything when I was watching it. It was just happening. Uh, but we weren't interested in each other. It's companionship at this point. You know, so true. I don't. I don't watch the movie because the movie brings out the best in me. I watch the movie because I watch the movie. Like, <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> we got some dark talk happening here. I watch the movie what? because I watch the movie. That's a yeah. worry. That's just what's happening, isn't it? I need to unplug. I mean, I'm glad that this has only got three three more goes around the merry-go-round. That's quite stupendous. Uh, only three more of these. But it's also hard to get excited about w- when you've just watched the movie for the 57th time because you're just in a numbed... Is it a fugue state? When you sort of... It's kind of like I love, the, I love the word fugue, and I love that it's spelt F-U-G-U-E. Like, that's such a dumb... Uh, there's a dumb combination of letters that shouldn't work. Is, is that how it, it should oh, be yeah, pronounced fug. <laughs> uh, a fugue state is a state of period... A state or period of loss of awareness of one's identity, often coupled with flight from one's usual environment, associated with certain forms of hysteria and epilepsy. 
Now that's confusing because there's definitely an element of a, a state of period of loss of awareness of one's identity, but it's not coupled with flight from one's usual environment. This is a place we go to often. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Do they mean physically in that description, do you think? It doesn't matter. We're not experiencing a true f- fugue state. and uh, Oh, we're p- pretty close, though. From those who are. It feels very close. It does feel close. Hey, let me let me ask you this, guy. It should be pronounced fugue or something else. How do you get fugue from that? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that you would only know if you'd heard someone else say it. I'll bet there's been a lot of embarrassed people. Yeah. Who are big readers who have said that out loud and people have been like, I'm sorry, what, what did you just say? What are you talking about? Fugue uh, should be spelt F-E-W-G. A fugie state? Fugie state of mind? You're a moron, Professor. Get out of this classroom. You've lost the authority, moral authority over the room. These students have you're called you bluff. You're a hook, Captain Cook. Captain Crook. No, you're a crook, Captain Hook, is what I was trying for. Swing and a miss. They can't all be. They can't all be gold. As <laughs> <coughs> this episode, I think, is a testament to. I think this is a good episode. It feels different. It feels like we're both respectively in a different space. It's our first one apart, so it's yeah, quite an interesting. It uh, it's quite an interesting companion to the previous episode where I was uh, emotionally rubbed raw. Ugh. That doesn't sound good. You were there. You bloody. Bu- Prodding, prodding around. No, I know. I, I did the rubbing, <laughs> but it was just the way you put it. It's sort of yucky. Uh, was it too visceral for you, Tim? Yeah. Visceral is a good word because it sounds like what its definition is. Yeah, almost onomatopoeic, but not. Yeah, which is crazy because it's not a sound. But I am totally on the level with you on that one. See, we're, we're getting somewhere now. <laughs> this is why you do 57. To pick apart hey guy, a few choice words. If you could if you could remove Okay. If you could remove one character from this film and it would have the least amount of impact, but like one sort of a main somebody who's got a bit of stage time on there, a bit of screen time rather, who would it be? Johnny Depp can go and it doesn't make any difference to the whole movie. He literally. You are absolutely is, right. You are absolutely right. <laughs> he does nothing. That should be a question when you're writing a script, right? If I remove this character, does any single thing change? No. Okay. Cool. Maybe I'll write him out. Maybe he doesn't need to be there. Hard, hard out. But you know, people getting paid, which I love. I love that he got paid for that. Uh, pretty borderline role though. You're a drug dealer. You're a... Um. Excuse me with the cough. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sniffing and the sniffing, everyone. I apologize for that. Don't sweat it. People say bless you here a lot more than we do in New Zealand because we are uh, atheists. Yeah, well, are we secular? Yeah. Here, so it's bless you this, bless you that. I've started blessing people, which I love because they're really grateful. I uh, like I barge, I talk over people. I barge into coffee shops to bless people. I often get in a. uh, You would barge into a coffee shop. Because yeah. I guess the sound of a sneeze travels a long way. So if you hear one in the distance, you will you'll go running, huh? Yeah, I I look around for people who are sneezing. Would you ever create this situation just so you could be the hero of your own scenario, which probably has a like a name for yeah, it of course. Psychology. Go around with cayenne pepper and just kind of blow it invisibly into people's faces. Wait That's my big plan. That's how I'm gonna f- um break make it big in New York City. My shtick is going to be you? the the bless you guy. I'll make whole audience sneeze. <laughs> and I'll bless them all. You should wear a shirt that says bless you so people can see you coming. And if they don't want to participate, they yeah. can run away. I should wear a shirt that says if you have sneezed recently or are about to sneeze today, I would like to bless you. And then I've got everyone covered. If I could wear that on, a, you know, if I could get beamed into a, onto a satellite and that t-shirt, then I would be blessing everyone and then that's when I would have the power because everyone would be indebted to me for time immemorial no sneezes in the movie I'll tell you that not a lot of sneezes in cinema actually they've got to be very uh, dependent on the plot don't they they've got to be a real driver of the story to be included Yeah, I can't think think of a single sneeze in a film there must be some like there's uh, sneeze is a good uh, trigger for action occasionally, so there must be a few good, you know, famous sneezes. So you'd think. Yeah, I can't think of a, a single one. Um, hey, can I just uh, quickly interrupt this incredibly high quality episode of our podcast to get a message from our sponsors? Who I'm a little confused as to why they're sponsoring us. Oh, this movie's still fine, guy. We've got a sponsor, and that sponsor is dollarshaveclub.com. You've heard of them? You know them? I've heard of them. I know them, but I would love a refresher course. 
Well, they sent me this nifty little box, which uh, actually was here while you were here, but I forgot to open it up while you were here. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a live unboxing just for Guy Montgomery, um, which I believe will be sort of, uh, you know, similar to what you, dear customer, will receive if you join the amazing Dollar Shave Club. What are they? Well, they make incredibly high quality razors at a very affordable price, and they send it directly to your door so you don't have to fuck around with stuff. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here we've got a lovely little note that says welcome to the club which is welcoming us uh, aboard you know as as customers they um, have a bear working the, at reception by the looks of things yes there is a cartoon bear who's taking care of business on what looks like uh, perhaps an iMac um, we have the beautiful uh, shaver itself the handle here and this is the, this is the first time I'm touching it I think this is called the exec- the executive razor which is what you that, get can you see that guy it's a tractor yeah, yeah, that's, that's a shiny. good name for a razor yeah, it and looks good I, and solid too. Can I tell you, it's got that lovely weight to it that you want in, in this kind of an object. It really feels like an artifact that you want to hold on to. Yeah, it's yeah. It's beautiful. That's good. A lovely little release for the blades. Hey, but we got other stuff in here too, guy. We got um, <coughs> the gorgeous shave butter and a lovely That's uh, fantastic. tub. Should I, I'll just whack a bit of that on. Oh, there's foil uh, and things. I'll get to that. And then we got... Uh, Oh my god! They put two of everything. You were definitely supposed to get this. <laughs> I will post. I'll, I'll bring this over to you, matey. I'll make sure you get this. It is imperative that you do. Oh, there is two. I don't of, have oh, any shaving products here in America. That's oh why I need to sign every- up for Dollar Shave Club right now. Guy, everyone does. And, uh, and how can they would do that? Would you like that? to do the uh, the next bit of the ad, or shall I? You do. I was teeing you up. Well, look. Here's your chance to see why over three million members like me. Love Dollar Shave Club. Right now, you can get your first month for as little as $5. And after that, it's just a few bucks a month. Dollar Shave Club is so confident. So confident are they in the quality and value of all their products. There's no long-term commitment. There's no hidden fees. There's no reason not to join. You can get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash worst idea. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash worst idea. Get it for yourself, get it for your friends. And when you use that uh, that URL, it reflects well on us. It tells Dollar Shave Club, the boys are bringing in some customers. And we love that. DollarShaveClub.com slash worst idea. This movie's still fine. Well, I don't see any reason to dilly-dally, Tim. I'm curious as to what you think James Reed from The Feelers has inside of the box. Well, I couldn't possibly get into that before... Uh, having the prepare, prepare, preparatory, preparatory, prepared, the prepared, preparatory. Let's hit the theme song. Getting sentimental, sentimental with James, with James Reed. Reed. I always like it when we do them uh, across country, international. They always sync up perfectly, which is incredible to me. I've actually got a. A burning in my loins. I've got a hunger for um for a little Patty Schwartz is what I'm feeling because I haven't done it for so long and it's such a good feeling. I feel like I feel like nothing would make me feel better than a little bit of squeebop. You know what I'm saying? That that is a that's entirely there's two two different ideas happening but at I'm once. Just, uh, I want a bit of I want a bit of a, a bit of boo boo, a bit of squeep squaw. You know? Squib, squibbity squib squab. But hey now. Squib- but it be bold. Uh, hey, hey now, Hank Kingsley. Squibbity bop. Squibbity bop. 
Bom, 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 bom. Scribbly bim pau pá. Scribbly bim pau pá. Scribbly bim Paddy Schwartz, party time. Party time. I can't do that. What you got in his little box now, Paddy Schwartz. Party time. It's an emotional nightmare. Sentimental gift giving. Nice. I can't do I just realized it's. I, I can't do that because uh, every, people are everywhere around me. I've got to be yeah, respectful. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Look, I'm happy to take the reins on, on it every now and then uh, when you're in a compromised position. No, not at all, but, I, you know, like, that would have been a whole year's worth of me not being able to sing the song with you. That would have been a disaster. Oh, boy. Thankfully, not the situation we find ourselves in this week. Now, Tim, when I was watching the movie, one of the few things about the movie that made me feel good this week was the idea that James Reed was working in cahoots with Paige. Uh, and the, so I don't know quite what the end game was, but James Reed has started fucking diamonds. Whoa. So when he's at the party and he says uh, that Johnny Depp and Jay Hidden Squirrel will tank that introduction to James Reed from the feelers. And he goes, hey, cool, come here. I want to show you something. In my head, I was like, oh, my God, he's fucked a diamond. <laughs> and he takes Cole into his music studio and he whips his wang out and he goes, does this look normal to you? And Cole's like, Jesus Christ, dude, no. Wow, You've got like twist. platinum or something coming out of your, your wang. Is that what all wangs look like? Is mine normal? And he's like... Uh, yeah, yours is probably normal. This isn't normal. I've been working with a real toy. He says if I fuck a diamond, uh, that shit's forever. <laughs> and he's he's right. So he that was right. all that was all happening in mm. the movie for me this week. That's not mm-hmm. to say it will have any bearing on what's in the box. Sure, you know, but that's that was that was all swirling around in there. Can I throw something at you, guy? Yeah. And this is uh perhaps perhaps the intro is sort of, you know, it was a it was a fortune telling kind of an intro into the segment this week. Um predictive, you might say. Serendipitous. Uh yes. So you open up that MacBook Pro box, what do you expect to see in there? MacBook Pro. I'm afraid it isn't. What it actually is is a man who exists just for a, a brief amount of time. And he's just hoeing down a, a hot cup of joe. Real hot coffee. He's got a newspaper. And he's like a tiny little man. A tiny little man that fits in a MacBook Pro box. Drink, drink, drink. In three gulps, he's finished his steaming hot coffee. And he just runs out of there. And because he's so little, he's impossible to follow. He just scurries out the door. But the strangest bit of it is, is... There is a hint of something going on in that coffee cup of Fibs. His tiny little tiny little coffee cup for a tiny little man. If you look at it closely enough, what you're going to see is none other than a miniaturized version 
of Arnold Schwarzenegger's son, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Hallowed Be Thy Name, who is on, riding around on some machete skis within the pool, which for him is sort of a, a small lake size. So I'll take you through the scale again. We've got normal normal scale. Okay, we've got Zuccoli and James Reed from the Fearless existing on that plane. Yeah. We're in the MacBook Pro box. We've got a tiny little man drinking coffee real quick. And in his cup, a tiny, tiny, tiny little Paddy Schwartz on a tiny little yeah. pair of jet, machete skis. Driving around. Invisible to the naked eye, surely. <coughs> Barely visible. <coughs> Barely visible to the naked but eye. But you can make him out? Uh yeah. If well you gotta you gotta really you gotta really peer in there. You gotta peer in there with a the magnifying glass. But the craziest thing is, <coughs> Coffee Guy has now consumed tiny, tiny Patty Schwartz. So oh my now God. for Coffee Guy. It's always a party, and he's always jacked up on Java. So wherever that tiny little man is, amazing times are sure to follow. He's like a leprechaun, but instead of bringing you gold at the end of the rainbow, he's just bringing you a fucking amazing time if you can find him. Sure, like, I, where's Wally? I can't imagine, uh, you know, something that would engender much more pep in your step than drinking that much caffeine constantly and also consuming, I guess, the essence of Patrick Schwarzenegger. It's kind of the whole him. A very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids styled romp. Uh, you did a pretty, this you adventure did, through the body of Coffee Guy. You did pretty well to tie up a lot of uh, loose loose ends uh, from previous seasons of the podcast there. Really enjoyed that. One does what one You'll can. notice that throughout this entire conversation, Tim, I've been slowly, uh, my entire body's just been slowly inching further and further down the pillows behind me until I'm almost yeah. 100% horizontal. Yeah, visibly receding in front of my eyes. It's incredible, isn't it? I'm getting smaller like and a, smaller. Like a, a man's hairline, guy. You're disappearing, disappearing from view, inch <laughs> by inch, right in front of my face. Like a man's hairline. <laughs> like a balding man's a, hairline. Just trying to inject a little poetry into the mix, you know? Spice things up a little bit here. A simile. A little art. Do you think similes are better, worse, or of equal value as metaphors? Worse. They are the poor man's metaphor. A simile, because you have to use like or as or something. Correct. A simile is an unconfident metaphor. Just go with the metaphor. Do you respect people who use similes instead of metaphors? I mean, I do. I, I use similes, but it's always by accident because it's just the times that I've been conditioned in. But I hope that when I raise my own children, I'll be able to kind of train them out of it because, um, you know, I'm a product of my environment and that's unfortunate. I have a slip of the tongue often where I'll, I'll sort of, one will just come out when I'm not thinking about it. And it's a horrible, low quality. A simile, a simile will just come out. It'll just come out automatically. And I'm sorry. It's just what I've been, it's what I was brought up in. I'm a child of the yeah, 90s. Yeah. It's what I was surrounded by. But my kids, hopefully, hopefully we'll be living in a better society. More metaphors and our kids, similes. kids. Well, they'll be living on a warmer. It'll be warmer because um because of all the ice is melting. Yes. Global warming. You, I mean, do you think? Do you, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, guy. <laughs> do you think that's going to lead to more metaphors or less metaphors? Uh, oh, probably more. Uh, I think. A lot, you know, people will be trying to, re, you know, uh, articulate what this experience is similar to 
but they'll be short on time, so they'll be culling any unnecessary or superfluous language. That's right. And just like wartime, because it will be a, a challenging time for everyone, people get poetic, you know? This is where art comes from. It comes from pain. So what I'm saying is let's bloody, let's get these, uh, let's get all this coal and these resources out of the earth, dig, drill baby drill, let's burn the, burn the fuckers while we can, let's have a party, and then uh, I heard let's, somebody say burn, baby burn, a uh, disco uh, inferno burn, yeah, let's baby write burn. write some poetry while we kill the polar bears, you know, that's, that's, that's my position on things, that's where I'm coming from. You're my More guy, art. Tim, you know that you and me, we get along, we think yeah. along similar lines. We like the same breads. It's I true. reckon I've never felt as close to you as I do right now after <laughs> that speech. Well, that's, that's touching. I don't quite know what to say. Although I will say I feel a lion. Is that a metaphor? It's like a super efficient one. I removed as many words as I could. I feel a lion. Yeah. I feel, <laughs> comma, a lion. No, I feel a lion. I feel, comma, a lion. <laughs> Did you just take out the word like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that works. the test. That, did I do a metaphor? <laughs> you know, he did a disaster. I feel a lion. So if I remove the comma as well, and I was going for super efficiency, it, it just means I'm touching up a lion. My experience. Yeah. Or no not good. touching Bad up. Thing to do. You might be doing it by accident. You might have it might be one of those games at the fair where you have to put your hand into a box and you guess what's in the box. And you say, I feel a lion. And they go, Whoa, are you using a metaphor or do you actually think there's a lion in the box? And you go, Well, I guess you'll never know. They go, well, if we don't know, then you are in the draw to win, you can't win the prize. What's the and you go? What's the prize again? They go. It's what's in the box. You go, well, I think there's a lion in the box. They go. Congratulations! Now you own a lion. And you're like, I don't have the space to raise, or the money or inclination to raise a lion. Do you know how much fucking work that's gonna be? Like what? Well, too bad, lady. Not our problem. It's your lion it'd, it'd now. Be a, it would be a funny way to get rid of a lion, or in fact, anything you didn't want. Put it in a box, make it a game. The first correct guess of what's in this box, you will win you will win the prize, <laughs> and the prize is the thing that you're guessing. What is it? Well, it's a bunch of old driftwood, which I I, I took didn't have and anywhere to put sitting in my I'm house. Moving, yeah, I'm moving house at the moment and I really didn't have anywhere for it. I don't want all this old driftwood. Well, too bad, it's yours. It's yours now. <laughs> Yours now, buddy. What am I meant to do with it? I don't know. Use your initiative. I seem to get rid of it okay. <laughs> I love this. I love these carnies that we've created. I love their I love their shtick. Have you ever met a carny? Like a real one? No, no. Not like the ones on The Simpsons. I reckon I have briefly. In Australia, when I actually went to the fair, they're very—they seem like very hardy people, but they're also, mm. I think, pretty uh, pretty loose with safety regulations. Yeah, yeah, they're known for being loose with safety regulations, and it, I, I, it, everything's rigged. I've seen rides propped up on, uh, um, what do you call them? Like crates before, 
for you know structural integrity. Although I've recently seen a few houses propped up on crates, which I'm, seems wild to me. I'm sure I told this story before on the podcast, but I'm going to rip through it real quick anyway because it's quite a good one. It was a ride at the Christchurch A and P show, uh, and it was like we're all the sort of you know the haunted house and all the Ferris wheel and whatever, all the dodgems and all the shitty rides that they've got. Uh, it, this one's called the Gravitron, and you'd go in and it would spin you around so fast that uh, you would, I don't know what is it plays, a centrifugal force or something, but you could like, you'd be flat against the wall and you could t- turn your body so that you'd be like side on and you'd be flat, flush against the wall, you know, so you could go upside down and it's quite good fun. And uh, I was in there with my fr- friend Oscar and we were uh, doing it and then a bit of metal came off the middle of the ride and hit Oscar in the, in the head and he threw up on himself. Uh, and he was like pinned against the wall in his own vomit because the ride would keep going. Um, and that seems really dangerous to me. But, you know, what are you going to do? We didn't do anything. I just laughed at Oscar because he had vomit on his shit and we went and, went, uh, and looked at some sheep or something. <laughs> you know, in, in New Zealand, that's how that story goes. If that had a transpired in America, it would have been like a multi-million dollar lawsuit. Yeah, it's crazy stuff, huh? I I um I think I've told this story as well, but it was ages ago. I went to the Royal Sydney Easter Show and developed briefly a fear of flying after going on a fair a, a fair round uh, ride, which was kind of an octopus shaped thing, central pole in the middle, very strong, and then lots of octopus arms hanging off of it, and then off the back off off the end of each arm there was kind of two of these things that would strap you into place similar to a roller coaster a sort of a harness that would come down and grab you by the shoulders and waist lock you in place and then your legs would just dangle and it'd take you up and throw you around every which way and uh i went on with nick who who's uh my friend who i was living with at the time i know nick uh, he's nick's a (laughs) pretty that's good nick's a pretty big guy um he is uh about six foot um Nick you know, likes sort of me, eh? Build. Yeah, Nick likes you. That's right, guy. Nick likes you. He sure yeah, does. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So you'd, tell we were on if, the- you'd tell me if I'd done anything to upset him or if he didn't, if he for whatever reason decided he didn't like me, yeah, you'd tell me. I totally would, man. Yeah, I would yeah, pass yeah. that on in the same way that I would never promise to pass on like birthday wishes and not do it. You know, I just, I'm yeah. a man of my word that way. Did, you you know, did, okay. Yeah, you're not messing so, with, with, with me when you say that you definitely said happy birthday to Ranera, and you I, said I, my you sent my love to him and Emily and Emma. Uh, I don't yeah. think I could and, have been and Emma, who I definitely I know. <laughs> I don't think I could have been more clear at uh, the start when I was talking about it. So there we are on the ride on the octopus ride. And that thing is going so damn fast and throwing us in such (laughs) crazy directions that Nick, who is a very brave boy, (laughs) you know, this is a guy who's gone through basic training in the army. He's fired guns and things, you see. Not a lot rattles him. Very, very brave. Screaming for his life. Doing that kind of panicked laughing that you do when you know that this could be it. Thought his dang legs were going to get cut off by one of the bars that we were flying perilously close to at extremely high speeds. <laughs> Kept doing the same it would it would angle us, it would point us towards the ground and then throw us at the ground at tremendous speed and then pull you out just at the last moment. And um we were quite shaken when we got off the right. And it went for a this was the real kicker. 
the thing went for ages. It felt like we were on there for 10 minutes. I'm sure it wasn't that long, but maybe it was a good six, seven minutes of just just crazy, torturous, throwing around and freaky maneuvers at high speed. And then, so we were quite shaken, so we sort of chilled out and had a beer, and we went on the Ferris wheel. And just the Ferris wheel alone, when it got up to its maximum point, I was like, oh, that's weird. I didn't have a fear of heights before, but I do now, and it's from that ride. And it, and it persisted for like a year after that that I genuinely felt nervous about flying. It's gone now, that's, thank goodness. That's, but That's bad. Ah, oh, it's crazy. But, you know, nothing happened because them carnies know what, know what they're doing, know what they're up to. Yeah, there's really stringent laws and regulations around ride safety, like super stringent. There's no way anything would ever get, you know, slip through the cracks. Well, like that. For, yeah, yeah, I mean, thing, things do, I'll just say things do happen sometimes, but it is rare. Yeah. But, you know, we won't get into it because it's time for us to end, I think. God, we have talked about the film very little this week. Let's um, let's round off on on a little bit of uh, uh, what I like to call film chat. It's just me film compensating chat. for the fact that we haven't talked about the film. Dude, no one wants us to fucking talk about the film. They want us to stop talking right now. What do you? What did you? Just give me no, f- ten no, words no, to describe no, the no. movie. Tim, I don't want to do this anymore. You understand? Is that nine? It was ten, you idiot. Guy, you d- I do understand. And I thought the film sucked. <laughs> perfect. Perfect end to a perfect pod. Hey, be sure to rate us on iTunes, like and subscribe. Oh, Not Tim's, got, this one. Tim's got a vlog. They would love <laughs> you to get- Check what? out check out Tim's vlog. Yeah, yeah. You're the one with the vlog. Follow Guy's uh, Instagram stories on his Instagram account. Guy he, Mon. he does uh Tim does um Tim does unboxing videos, but it's not unboxing. He just squeezes on his vlog, he squeezes all of the toothpaste out of a tube. Fuck, that is odd. And, and Tim thinks it's unboxing. He's like, Have you seen my vlog? I have all these unboxing videos and I say no, Tim, that's just you squeezing toothpaste all the way out of the tube. And you go, yeah, I'm getting it out of the box. Okay, no, is it called a tube? You go, well, a tube is a kind of box. Anyway, check them out on YouTube. It's called Tim Bat's Unboxing Videos. Vlog. <laughs> and thanks again to this week's sponsor, dollarshaveclub.com slash worst idea. Goodbye. Ow! This movie's still fine. One of them dies, that guy's screw. One of them's a hothead, his name is Jay. One of them looks like Johnny Depp, and his name is Johnny Depp. Classic Maximum Joseph. You forget that films are supposed to have a point.